Ladies and gentlemen, it's now It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. <laughs> you couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad because this is, this, is a, this is an impromptu tryout to replace Blake. But, but, but Blake knows that. Guys, welcome so much. Uh, welcome so much. Welcome to another episode of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. I am your host, Alan Mosley, and uh, I'm actually doing the show from home today because Blake, Blake, is, Blake is ill. So, so F's in chat for, uh, for poor Blake Osborne. Uh, but he's, he does not have the Rona, by the way. Just, we're just, we're going to get in front of that one before, before it gets out of hand. Uh, Blake, yeah, Blake does not have the Rona. He's, uh, it's, it's a different kind of illness. So he's, he's going to be okay. Uh, but, but in, in any way, in lieu of Blake Osborne, we have a stand-in sidekick for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sherry Voluntary. Hello. It's, I'm kind of a subpar Blake. Sherry, now you don't know this, but I actually have a game prepared for you right off the bat in the monologue. Oh, great. Are you ready? Are sure. You ready? Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to play a game called a Caption This. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Okay. So I'll I'm going to show you a picture, and then I, I want I want to hear some of your best captions for the photo. Okay. <laughs> Where'd they put those damn cheeseburgers? <laughs> <laughs> well you know see i was thinking something like uh oh you know the animal farm all animals are equal but some animals are more equal than others <laughs> right knowing full well which animals we're talking about yeah these are the piggies you know this you know what i like most about this picture and i i'm being dead serious now when i say this what i <laughs> like most about this picture is that the guy on the left must be so happy that this he's found someone he can take a picture with that makes him look slimmer. <laughs> I, that's what I try to do, only I'm usually that person. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You're, you're the person on the left or the right? I'm the person who makes everyone else look slimmer. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I thought that you were, you were admitting live on the air tonight that you go around looking for fat people to take pictures with. No, I totally would do that, but I happen to know I'm that person. <laughs> okay, well, come on, you got you got to give me one or two more before I kill this thing. Okay, let's see. Um, now some bitch can run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about uh, squeal for me now, squeal, wee! <laughs> you sure do got a pretty mouth. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. I, you know what's great about episode 106 is that this show is already way off the rails and we haven't even yeah. made it out of the, out of the monologue yet. True. But I it's mean, not, but you know, it's not really a monologue though. If we're doing it together, it's really more of a duo log. Duo log. Ching duo log power. Oh, we are you trying to? <laughs> or should we have rings made? I think we should decoder rings. <laughs> we're not as gay as the Wonder Twins though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna get me into trouble. I mean, that's what I do. So, 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 Sherry, let me ask you this: since since you're you're the token sidekick for this week, um, this is the monologue because for the rest of the show, we've got serious business to get to. We don't have time to be clowning around like we normally do. So, um, how's it going? 
pretty good. <sighs> now that we're we're on and going, had a little snafu on my end, but we're doing well now. Well, I mean, you know, people won't know that we have technical snafus if you just don't mention them. Right. But that's, you know, I just I just want them to know it's me and not you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's not you, it's me. You heard it here first from Sherry Voluntary. Are we um are we still doing an episode of postcards right after this? Uh that was the plan. Okay, but you're yeah. hosting that one though, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for the audience because that what they don't understand is, is the way the way this little system is set up is that if you're not on screen, your mic is muted. And I do that so that people won't hear you talking about any of your crazy conspiracies off camera. Tinfoil hat. But what they, but what they also, like, look, I'm going to simulate for other people what they don't hear. Watch this. This is this is what they don't hear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I'm giggly. <laughs> okay. Have you have you had something to drink? I haven't. I mean, I had water and coffee. How much coffee? Are you are you a big coffee drinker? Not anymore. So that was actually a question that we got from one of our uh, one of our viewer mail questions from I think it was a couple weeks ago was was asking me and Blake about about drinking and drinking coffee and how much we drink and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I don't even drink once a day anymore. Like I drink some decaf. So you might you might be surprised. Actually, you won't be surprised at all to learn this. So I actually am not really a big coffee drinker. I don't drink much coffee, but my producer Blake Osborne is a big coffee drinker. Yes, I know I, that's surprising. Yeah, I know you're surprised by <laughs> by his mannerisms and the way he carries himself that he drinks a lot of coffee. Right, he's so he's so slow and methodical. <laughs> <laughs> slow and slow and methodical. That's Blake, that's Blake Osborne. Yeah, to a T. Well, we're picking on Blake, but we really shouldn't because he's he's under the weather. But but don't you worry, he will be right back next week, and we will be right back after this break. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Hey, uh, Sherry. Yes, Alan. What time is it? It's time for Meme of the Week! We say Karen to be nice, but what we really mean is C word. Can I say it? <sighs> yeah, go ahead. Cunt. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold, hold on a second. I just want to say, I could tell, even though we couldn't see you on screen, so they could hear you then, by the way. It was just the meme was over the top of you. I just wanted to say that even though I couldn't see you, I could tell you leaned into the microphone when you did that. <laughs> Sorry. It's a habit. I could just tell. I just love I love that word. Have you have you been having problems with with Karens out in your neck of the woods? Yes, very much so. I got Karen at the Walmart yesterday. <laughs> uh oh, 
Oh, this is this is we're going to introduce a new segment on the show today right now live it's going to it's going to be called tales from walmart sherry tell us what happened at walmart okay so uh evie and i had to go to walmart my daughter and uh as we're we're you know going to go into an aisle you know now it's they're one directional so you have to enter and exit but the aisle was empty so i we start to go into an aisle and the lady goes ma'am you can't enter that way and I said, you, you realize it's empty, right? And um, she says, yeah, but then if you go in, you, you go out the wrong way too. And I'm like, you realize these, I can turn around, right? And uh, she's like, ma'am, I don't make the rules. And I was like, uh, thank God for small miracles. And I walked into the aisle the wrong way. And I kept uh, waiting for a manager or a cop or somebody to come and shoot me in the face. But nothing ever happened. So it was a win. So the moral of Sherry's story is it's every entrance is an exit and every exit is an entrance. Is that really? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's what, what I, that's what I got from it. That's no, that's, is that not what you were saying? Not quite. No. Okay. Well, with that said, we're going to, we're going to move on to this week's. So as you can tell on this show, we like to flirt with uh, getting sued by Disney. I like that. I kind—I mean, I kind of like that intro, but we haven't done it in several weeks because the last time I did it, I put the episode number in it, and then that, of course, that means I can't use it again because it—it won't be episode ninety-seven forever. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Thank you. I'm—I'm I'm glad you agree. <laughs> so anyway, we're—we're going to move on to the viewer mail. Uh, Rachel from Lufkin, Texas writes, Dear Alan and Blake, but Blake's dead. So, dear Alan and Sherry, does Blake have any good recipes for Cabrito? Uh, Sherry, does does our dearly departed friend Blake have any good recipes for Cabrito? Which, by the way, is goat. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sure he does. I, I don't know what they are, but when a man loves a goat, I mean, the recipes just flow. So I'm I'm actually gonna say that I'm positive that he doesn't because Blake doesn't raise them eating goats. He he raises them looking goats. His goats his goats are not for eating; they're for being purdy. I I'm not joking. This that there was nothing there was nothing about that that was comical or entertaining. That was a totally factual statement. I mean, looking goats is pretty funny. Yeah, I mean it's what they are. So anyway. Mike from Jacksonville, Florida writes, Dear Alan and Blake, but Blake is dead, so it's Dear Alan and Sherry, what's your reaction to somebody pushing their cart down a one-way aisle at the grocery store? Sherry, what's your reaction to someone pushing their cart down a one-way aisle at the grocery store? Expletives out my face. It, it's so perfectly timed, that, that question, by the way. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing about the, the whole grocery cart thing so the only store that i've really been to here recently is Publix, and for a long time there was no changes inside the store uh, but then they finally put stickers on the ground that show like an, an x for you're not supposed to go that way and then like an arrow for this is the the path of traffic or whatever and same thing too yeah it's like there's not a ton of people in the store so it's like i'm not gonna zigzag through the whole store when there's only like 
four people in here shopping to begin with. That's ridiculous. So I just go whichever direction I want. And, um, I mean, I guess if the manager of Publix asked me to leave, I would. I would never go back. But, I mean, but that has not happened, by the way. I have not been accosted by a single member of that store. It seems like every every story I hear, it's only other patrons are losing their crap over it. It's not the actual people running the store. Yeah. I mean, you're scarier than I am, though, so... <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? I mean, you just, you know, you have that air of rage about you that keeps people from like, there's like, we'll just let him go down the aisle that he wants. Fair enough. <laughs> so anyway, Celeste, our friend Celeste from Niagara Falls, New York writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, what's the best vacation you've ever been on? Sherry, what's the best vacation you've ever been on? Oh, geez. I went to uh, Durango, Colorado once, and that was was really great. I loved it. Rode a rail, narrow gauge railway. It was great. Wait, so that I was going to say, I mean, what 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 about it was great? That that was it. Oh, well, I mean, it was when I was, you know, married and had a marriage anniversary and it was romantic and. We rode it up to this town that you can only get to by the narrow gauge railroad railway. And is that one of those trains where, like, you look out the window and you're like one foot away from falling off the cliff? Yeah, it's it's open cars and and actually the train does hang off the cliff, so the track is just like around the mountain, and part of the train is overhanging it, and you just look down and see your demise in front of you. <laughs> I just want to say, by the way, that. Since we are doing the show live, I do actually have live chat, and I can't exactly follow. I mean, granted, I'm doing the show; I don't have time to look at the chat every second, but I can't follow what Jeff Johnson's talking about. He said, "I'm I go the wrong way." Then he said, "It's the suit." Then he said, "My living room." Are you propositioning me, sir? Because I'm not interested in whatever it is you're selling. So anyway, we're going back to the viewer mail for question number four. This is Andrew from Coatesville, Pennsylvania, who writes, Dear Alan and Blake, Godfather the musical, yay or nay? So first of all, Blake doesn't get to answer because Blake hasn't even seen the Godfather. We talked about this. What? He hasn't even seen the Godfather. So he doesn't get an answer. But would you would you go see Godfather the musical? No. No, yeah, no. Okay, so here's here's the thing about that. Like, it's not even a matter of whether or not they quote unquote do a good job of Godfather. The point being is, is a it's it's not a musical. It's just like there's no crossover there. And B, the thing that always kills me about all these types of things is, is does nobody have any new ideas at all? There's no fresh content. There's nobody out there doing anything. It's just remakes or, you know, right. sh straight to TV from something else, whatever, whatever. I even, I'm even going to go so far as to say, I'm going to let you have the final word on this one. It's, it's not that I didn't enjoy some book turn movies or shows or, or comic books or whatever. It's just that I'm, I'm done. I'm tired of it. I'm ready for something different. Yeah. No, nobody needs a Rod Stewart does the Godfather on Broadway. Like nobody needs that. It's some things are good enough and you leave them and you move on. Uh, Michael Bolden says the freshest content on earth is you at home wearing a suit. 
You gotta wear a suit when you host a late night show, Michael. That's it. But I, you know, speaking of that, why is it, uh, Michael Bolden? Why is it that when I see the Tenth Amendment Center ads where it's like a black background and you're staying there talking, you're always wearing a suit and tie? But for, but for your show, you're not. You're wearing the Jefferson T-shirt. I'm just wanting to know what what's the difference between the advertisement and the show. I think I I would appreciate a suit and tie Bolden on the show. In fact, you know what? I don't think Bolden can come back on my show unless he's wearing a suit and tie. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> and and right and before he even types a response, I know the answer is okay. I mean, not not okay. I'll wear a suit. Okay, is in goodbye forever. That's that's. What... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, uh, well, no, excuse. It's not final. We have two more. Lyle from Lafayette, Louisiana. Is it Lafayette or it's or it's Lafayette? Lafayette's in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, nobody heard any of that, by the way, because you weren't on on camera. So it's what Sherry said was it's Lafayette, Louisiana. Us rednecks say Lafayette. It's Lafayette. So Lyle from Lafayette, Louisiana writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, do you like sci-fi? If so, anything specific? Well, you know, obviously these people don't watch anything we do because we just got done doing like a whole show about a sci-fi series. Yeah. Altered Carbon. It is. It is really good. So dope. And The Expanse is another great one. There's a, there's so many good ones. I love sci-fi. I'm a big, huge sci-fi nerd girl. Uh, okay, so since we did a whole show about Altered Carbon, what's what's another sci-fi you like? Well, just the, the Expanse or Battlestar Galactica, the one they did a few years ago, mm-hmm. was, oh, so mm-hmm. good. Um, There's a lot. I Okay, I have, I have, Star a, Trek. I have a confession to make. I've never seen Battlestar Galactica. Oh my, not even the like original one? No, I haven't seen any of it. I haven't, I haven't watched any of the Expanse either. Those two, Battlestar Galactica and the Expanse, you should definitely put on your list to see. I mean, I watched Cowboy Bebop and Castlevania. Alan got me turned on to those. So now you should watch those two because. Okay, okay, I I will. I'll I'll Well, I mean, I hear people talking about the Expanse all the time, but isn't that still like isn't that still running? The show hasn't completed yet. Yes. Yes, okay. that's correct. It's still going. Okay, so my so my thing nowadays is and this is partly because of Breaking Bad and it's partly because of Game of Thrones. And by the way, those are two totally different shows. Breaking Bad actually had a good ending. The other show did not. But it's more that I don't I don't I'm just so tired of like watching a season and then waiting two years for the next season or however long it takes the studio to produce it. I'm kind of more into the attitude now of if there's a big show out that's hugely popular and say it's going to be on for like four or five years, I'll just wait and then watch the whole show. That's, that's sort of my attitude with a lot of them. But um, Mike of Mike and friends pushes me to watch shows while they're running instead of waiting and binge watching. Jeff Johnson says DS9. That is correct. We talked about that last week. Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek series. Don't at me. No one in chat at me. DS9 is the best Star Trek series. So I'm glad Jeff Johnson agrees. And I and I know and I know Daniel Blanchett agrees too, so. Yeah. Uh Jeff Johnson also asks. I, first of all, Jeff, you don't just get extra questions 
live during the show. We have a viewer mail segment that is pre-planned, but I'm gonna I'm gonna indulge Jeff. What is what is the better William Shatner Star Trek movies, or what is better William Shatner Star Trek movies or the new Star Trek movies? Um, they're just all awful. <laughs> they're just all awful. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I had to go back to Sherry Camp because someone's just rolling their eyes so hard they're gonna have a seizure. Yeah, a, a, a fit over here. I that is, I just, I can't even with you, like. I can't even. Okay, the Shatner movies are are good. They're great. Like Wrath of Khan is great. Um, so many of them are great. But but I I really did like the new Chris Pine movies too. So and I I love how you wouldn't switch the camera back to me so people could hear me refute you about DS Nine being the best star. Oh, I'm sorry. We lost we lost Sherry. Um, <laughs> so first of all, Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek series. And second of all, I like how you didn't give any reasons why the new Star Treks are good other than you like that Chris Pine is in. I just, I, I said I like the Chris Pine ones. I'm not necessarily a fan of Chris Pine. I think he did fine, but I like those. I, I like the whole ar- alternate universe and everything. Uh, quick shout out to Mary Lynn Willimowski who just showed up in the chat and says, ah, I'm late. Mary, I think y'all already have enough kids. <laughs> um, I'm so happy I switched to Sherry Cam right then so everyone else could enjoy the helicopter. <laughs> this is not, we're not doing postcards yet. You can't be doing the helicopter yet. Sorry, pardon moi. Wait, hold on. Michael Bolden says, Sarah and I had sushi with Chris Pine once. What? Are you serious? That's like, that's like, that's stuff only Bolden can do. Like, I don't know. Well, now, now we have our topic for his next appearance on the show. But anyway, last one. Daryl from Ocala, Florida writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, is Justin Amash a CIA puppet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a politician. They're all puppets of one thing or another. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give a really simple roundabout answer to that, which is they don't need him to be a CIA puppet because, like, what 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 are they trying to commandeer? The whole the whole system only works for the political elite. Your rulers are pre-selected for you. Your votes don't matter, and no one outside of the chosen will ever have any chance of winning. Like, why do you think there needs to be CIA puppets running for election? That's ridiculous. They're they're invading the liberty movement, Alan. They want to they want to invade the liberty oh, movement. Oh no! Here we go, the liberty <laughs> movement. <sighs> Guys, we will be right back after this break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at alan at funnybroke.com. So I'm sure that our viewers like appreciate that our commercial breaks aren't that long, but I really wish they were longer because I wish more people were giving us money. That, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I completely agree. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's time. Wait, hold on. 
I'm getting distracted by. Well, I'm never going to do a live show again because I'm getting distracted by the uh, live chat. Uh, we have we have a bonus question from Celeste, which is: Are the <laughs> are the Muppets CIA puppets? I like that she put it in a rhyme. It shows the extra effort that she takes. You know, <laughs> super fan. That's why she's a super fan. Uh, th- I guess that's true. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on to today's topic. This is an article from the Washington Post. Dallas hair salon owner in act of civil disobedience chooses to go to jail rather than close her doors. So I'm going I'm going to read a little bit uh, some excerpts from this article while and we're going to we're going to go over this. So this was by Megan Flynn from the Washington Post. So you guys probably saw this on Twitter and in the news that the uh, the Dallas salon owner who uh, disregarded the shutdown orders and reopened her salon, which by the way, she's not just an individual hairstylist. She owns a salon which several other hairstylists work at and frankly, they Close, they opened their salon because people were running out of money and they needed to feed their kids. Uh, so I'm going to read a section of this. The judge told Shelly Luther she didn't have to go to jail. The owner of Salon a la Mode. Sherry, would you go to a salon called Salon a la Mode? Um, it doesn't sound like my kind of thing, but, you know, All right. it has ice cream. <laughs> anyway has been operating her business despite a temporary restraining order last week from Dallas County State District Judge Eric Moyer. She kept operating despite a county official cease and desist letter ordering her to close, a letter she ripped up before a crowd of protesters in a theatrical display of defiance during an open Texas rally in Frisco, Texas on April 25th. Uh, Come and get it, Judge Clay Jenkins, she said, referring to the top county official as she threw shreds of his letter to the crowd. Um, so I'm 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 gonna skip ahead here. So she she's been fined thousands of dollars and she's been sentenced to seven days in jail. But there's there's a, a quick thing I want to add in here. So she was given a a chance to not serve the jail time. She was ordered by the judge to issue a statement in in front of open court that she to admit her wrongdoing and admit that she was a selfish per, a selfish person and wrong and that she would follow the law in the future. So like with no other information at all, would you would you admit that in open court that you're a selfish person that should obey the law in the future? Hell no. Hell no. So this is this this was her actual statement that she gave. She said, quote, "I have to disagree with you, sir, when you say that I'm selfish." Because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision. But I'm not going to shut down the salon. Um, the judge said, "Great, so you're sentenced to seven days in jail." And I think she got a seven thousand dollar fine along with seven days in jail. Um, now, not not that I'm really giving them a lot of uh, credit, but. The, the district attorney and Texas Governor Greg Abbott have uh, stepped forward and said that the hair salons and barbershops should be reopened and that um, this particular owner, uh, Shelley Luther, should be, should be released. Now, the problem there is, is that he, it's, it's only, it's quote, only, it's only seven days in jail and, and if they supposedly moved to try to have this thrown out. I mean, it's probably going to take longer than seven days. So she's probably going to have already served her time in jail. Mm-hmm. So just, just, just with that information alone, we'll, we'll just kind of kill the article right there and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So this was, this was somebody that did originally obey the shutdown orders, but after they had been shut down 
till the point when, I mean, their bank account is running dry and they have to go on a grocery store run. And her employees are saying to her, we're running out of money. When can we go back to work? She said, screw it. I'm reopening. And now she's paying the price. So what do you think about that? I think she's, I, I, um, you know, to use a word that is used way too much. She's a hero. I mean, she she's defying a stupid law. Um, because look, the dog groomer next door that turned her in that apparently believes that because he is obeying the stupid law, he's more virtuous than she is and that his family deserves to get fed more than her and her, her family and her employees' families. Um, I think that it's great that she stood up against him. And I, I hope that this is the beginning of, you know, some momentum to move in that direction for more people to just ignore these, these assholes, or excuse me, (laughs) these people, and, uh, what? <laughs> no, show. wrong show. And um, to ignore them, and and <clears throat> you know, last I looked, I saw her uh, GoFundMe or whatever it is, and it had mm-hmm. like seventy thousand dollars in it. So I hope I hope she ends up with a million. Like this, it's ridiculous. And I hope that people. I mean, I hope that no one would boycott the dog owner or call his place of work, uh, business, and and tell him that he's no good and email him or things like that. Nobody should do that. Well, hold on to that sentiment because we have another segment after this one that might uh, echo some of that mentality. Uh, but a couple of things I want to bring up is 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 that first of all, so now granted she was particularly public with her with her protesting, which which is perfectly fine. But I'm willing. So as as you kind of pointed out, it probably would not have gotten to this point if it the problem wasn't her opening and the problem wasn't individuals taking their own personal responsibility into saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make an appointment at that salon. I'm going to go get my, get my hair did. The problem was other people completely unrelated to that circle that probably don't go to that probably, by the way, don't go to that salon. They're not customers of that business. They don't know Shelly Luther. They don't get their hair and nails did by any of the hair of the stylists at that salon. They're have nothing to do with that corner of town. They took it upon themselves to get involved. That's it's it's always the Karens, it's always the snitches, it's always someone else who has nothing to do with it who decides to get involved. Uh, Michael Bolden says, "I have a funny feeling that the dog groomer next door was convincing some of the salon customers that he was still good with hair and he was stealing her business up until she opened up again." Well, I mean, it, so so Sherry, if you can groom a dog, can you groom a, a man or a woman? Uh, sure, you can. I don't know that you should, but you can. I, I like how this segment has taken a sudden turn. Yeah. I, I have a friend also, just so people know, um, my friend Murdoch Pizgotti was down there when the police initially tried to go, and uh, he was standing outside with his rifle slung across his back, and he stood there for a few hours, and then the police didn't do anything until he left. So just just keep that in mind, people, that the armed populace can do things well it's just you know and 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 that's not a topic that i had thought about discussing today that i decided to save for another show was the whole thing with the with the protesters in michigan going into the into the government buildings with their with their rifles slung on their on their shoulders and on their backs and yelling at the politicians and all that and and a lot of people are torn on that because some people are saying well they're protesters and they're armed and they have every right to be blah 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 and other people saying yeah but you know hearts and minds optics blah 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 
um, look at the, you know, your your detractors are going to use this as fuel for their fire. They're going to say, look at look at these dangerous extremists. This is exactly why we need red flag laws and everything else. And I, I guess what I would say, I, I, I want to save the majority of my comments for when we actually cover that. All I'm going to say as a preview is, is that I understand the what what you're saying. Like, I, I get, if you're one of these types of people that says, well, I don't know if that's the message that's that's what we want to demonstrate. I get what you're trying to say. I get I get that you're someone who's still trying to be connected and you're you're trying to do things quote unquote the right way. You're trying to you're trying to work polit- within the system or whatever and you worry about some random redneck with his Barrett 50 cal slunk over his <laughs> over his back or whatever uh walking down the I get that. I totally do. With that said, I can't help but notice that whenever there's really big demonstrations where a, a high percentage of the people demonstrating are armed, those are never the ones that get beat down by riot police. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, it, you know, the, the protesters, I get their frustration too, but, um, you know, most of them just are appealing to authority and, and they just want to be open open back up. And once it is, they're not going to care anymore about all the other stuff that government continues to do. So it's hard to be sympathetic with, with, on one hand I am. And on one hand, I'm not. So with that in mind, Sherry, you kind of already brought up a little bit talking about the groomer and snitching and what snitches ought to get, but save all of that because we will get to that right after the break. You got to do the, you got to do the, uh, uh, that's terrible. Get up. No, no, it's too late. So anyway, so Sherry's kind of already touched on this. So this was article number two in the stack for today. This is from Reason Magazine, Scott Shackford. Be warned, coronavirus snitches. You too may be snitched on. So I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of excerpt from this article and then I'm going to share. I'm going to let you take it away since you since you've already jumped all over <laughs> it. Uh, this is coming from St. Louis, St. Louis Tadlers. I love the, the terminology they're using. St. Louis Tadlers discover their complaints about open businesses are public records. Hundreds of St. Louis citizens who snitched to the government about business that defied closure orders are discovering that their messages are not confidential and their identities are subject to sunshine laws. So, Sherry, the snitches are mad because when they called the tip lines to rat out their neighbors, now their neighbors can find out who ratted them out. Well, how sad for them. Like, 
for one, that goes completely against what people who want a free society should be about, which is you should be able to efface your accusers. And, they, you know, when the police show up, they're not showing up to, like, do an investigation. They're just there to, to harass you and, and take the Karen's word for it. Um, and I, I just... I love the fact that they got their just desserts. Like you have every right to complain, but you also are going to face the consequences of your action with the ostracization by your fellow St. Louisans. How do you say that? I don't know. Um, but your, your your fellow DSers, as I like to, as, as I used to call them. <laughs> but I can't. DSers. But we can't use that. We can't. We can't say that anymore. They can't say that anymore. I think that is like the most one of the most beautiful like things I've ever seen. It's like karma. It's just coming. You you normally don't get to see the consequences like the karma that comes around people. And so I think it's beautiful that we all were here to bask in its glory. Well, so I, I, I love that this is like one more one more log on the fire of like disassociation is a wonderful thing. If if you cannot get along with somebody and you there there's no reconciling your differences socially or politically or whatever, then the best thing for you to do is to peacefully separate. And and it's little examples like the snitching going on during the pandemic and the people who want to open versus the people who say that those people just want to see their grandmother die and all that BS. So I'm like, it's easy for me to sit here and say those people are literally psychotic totalitarians, but it's, it it's, it's, I think it's more constructive for me to say, okay, you feel that way. All right. I don't. And there's, there's no, there's no squaring that circle. Right. So let's just, let's just agree to disagree, which means you stay quarantined and you don't come to my business and vice versa. I, I won't. Uh, patronize your businesses. I won't go into your house and your community or whatever. We're just we're just going to stay separate. To me, that makes perfect sense. Um, it's 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 a peaceful way of moving forward, uh, moving forward apart as opposed to forcing people who obviously are ideologically completely divided uh, from staying together. And and to the point, and I'll I'll let you elaborate on it is. If if we know that the dog groomer next door is the one who ratted out the salon, then you better believe I would literally I would pay the thousand bucks a month or whatever it is to buy the billboard next to my building and put on there an arrow pointing to that guy's shop and saying this guy is a snitch. Don't ever give him a cent. And and I would I would I would applaud the community driving by and flipping him off and laughing at him and deriding him. And constantly telling everyone, oh, don't don't take your animals there. He's he's a monster. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I would love the billboard with the big red arrow that said collaborator. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, you know, it reminds me of that uh, Lord Acton quote that is used so often and that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. This is the corrupting the corruption of power. This is the corruption of authoritarianism, because these people have a little teeny taste of I can make my neighbors do something. And they have this kind of self-righteous mentality of the law abider that says, I'm better than these people because the law said getting your dog's hair done is, is essential, but getting your own hair done is not. So therefore I am the good person here and you are the bad person. And I'm going to show you 
that you are bad and that I am good. And so you appeal to the authority that then comes on and bonks your neighbor in the head and puts her in jail for a week. Uh, So I I think that's that's something to remember is that it's not just absolute power that corrupts. It's the power over your neighbor uh, of that little bit of authoritarianism that that is also corrupting. Well, that, that, that's definitely an important aspect that you know, we can elaborate on on a future episode, which is that I think one reason why more and more people are seeing the mask drop and more and more people are kind of turning their nose up at this whole shutdown concept and wanting to go back to, to normal, whatever normal is now. I think the reason why you're seeing the tide turn is because more and more people are seeing the supposed powers that be not following the rules like you know it's it's do as i say not as i do like everyone's heard that phrase and more and more people are seeing that well the 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 authorities are saying we have to do this but you can see all these examples of these governors and mayors and and in different members of federal administrations who are not social distancing not wearing masks going to events hobnobbing on capitol hill and you're like well that ju- all that shows me is that those those people themselves don't believe what they're saying. They're saying it for you, plebs. That's for you, slaves. That's not for us. That's for you, and we're doing it to protect you. And the more people see that they don't follow their own, quote, advice, the more they realize that it's BS and that they should just pick up their lives and, and move on. Yeah, and there, you're exactly right. And there was another... Uh, article in Reason that was um, giving the sort of proof, the statistics about how people actually were already staying home before the mandates, before any mandates were handed out. They were already sort of self um, quarantining. And then people were also already breaking that and going out and doing things uh, before government said, okay, now you can do it. It's just that government wants to take the credit for anything, any kind of um, trend that is happening so that they can then take the credit and say, well, we, we, what we instituted uh, helped. And, and it didn't. People can figure out their own lives. And if there's really a threat to them, they'll figure that out. But especially if they see, you know, the, the, I think it was the, um, it was a mayor or a senator from Michigan, I think it was, where she had gotten her lawn done, but you weren't, you know, the lawn care professionals weren't considered um, essential. So if uh, some people went out there with a, you know, a weed whacker, I think it was Almond Bundy, one of those guys went out with a weed whacker and was like doing the lawn outside the law. So uh, I, I think, yeah, it's 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 definitely works in our favor when they just keep doing these things and it gives us more and more. It's kind of like the police. They're our best friend when it comes to talking about police corruption. It's the same thing with politicians. So uh, Jeff uh, Jeff and Daniel both, th- th- those are very good points. I'm actually going to mention that when we hit the finale. So we'll be right back.
like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash funnybroke. You can follow me on Twitter. That's Twitter at Alan M. Mosley. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash funnybroke. So, uh, really quick, uh, so Jeff had pointed out, Jeff and Dan both, that you know, somehow a corporate store is safer than a mom and pop store. And, and I know the point's been made before, and we can explore this on a future episode because we're out of time, that uh, the a lot of these, especially left leftists, but of course to us, Republicans are leftists. They're all leftists. But, but leftists... Uh, leftists are really big on everyone obeying the rules and some and but they're also big on being against corporate greed and how how wall street is ruining america and corporations and ceos with outrageous profits and yet they back rules during the pandemic where the corporate big box stores can be open and sell stuff but all the individual mom and pop stores have to close funny how that works the hypocrisy is palpable uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like my heart goes out especially to someone like a Shelley Luther because I feel like if there was a big enough pushback from people that, look, I can't go another day without getting my hair cut, I have this weird feeling like they would allow Great Clips to open, but not Salon Alamo. Yeah, absolutely. So... So, Sherry, have, have you guys done any of the uh, hair cutting at home type business like some people have? Yes. Oh! <laughs> so who did the cutting and who's got their cut? I did the cutting of Mike from Mike and Friends. And how did it turn out? Pretty good. I mean, when you don't have that much hair, it's easy to cut. <laughs> oh! Mike isn't here to defend himself. You should have you should have told Mike to come in here for the finale so everyone could see what a great job you did. And then when they don't agree, you could say, well, that was nature. Nature took all that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. And we will see you next week. <laughs>